Hello, hello, hello. Hey guys, I am so excited. I know it's a little delay in our normal time. We normally get together on Fridays, but I had um, some other prior engagement that I needed to do on Friday. So I wasn't able to come and just break bread with y'all, spend time, connect, give, you know, minister, whatever the Lord decides he wants to do in that moment. But we're here now. I know it's late, but it's the right time because God is always on time. Amen. And so I'm just so excited um, for today's episode. I know the title, you know, is weary in the way. Lord, help. And I think it's so important to be realistic about our journey and where we are in our journey and that even though you can be a person of great faith you can be a person who truly believes the lord and truly trusts in him with all your heart but there still can be moments in this journey where you can feel weary or it's just heavy right um or you know you just getting tired you know tired sometimes i'm tired of waiting if i'm honest and i think if we be more honest about the realities and the realness of the journey not focusing on those things that may be um, not uplifting, but being honest. Because if I don't be honest and say, sis, I have days I'm weary. I have days I'm like, Lord, help. I have days where I'm like, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to do this no more. But how do I get over that, right? How does the Lord meet me in that space? And so that's why I think it's so important to talk about being weary in the way. And like, Lord, help. And us recognizing how he helps us. And so I'm so excited. Um, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the live. And if you catch the uh, replay, welcome as well. We appreciate you here on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. We thank you for your support, for um, joining us. And so we're so happy to have you here. We're about to go right into it. And um, again, uh, I'm Janelle Renee. I'm your host here on the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. And we're here to do every, all things. We are here to encourage, uplift, and to empower one another, my sisters in Christ, to walk in our true work, to walk out this faith journey, right? And being the women of God that he created us to be and being able to hold each other up, even in the moments where we feel like we're alone or we feel like nobody understands or we feel like it's too heavy or we feel like, you know, we have gone, we're going through an, a season and, you know, there's, and, and we can't really, you know, figure it out, you know, or we're like, Lord, where even are you, right? There's sometimes in this journey where it seems like God is silent, where it seems like God has forsaken us, but we know what the word says in Joshua 1, that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. So sometimes we just really have to overcome, take hold those thoughts captive into, into the obedience of Christ Jesus. And then we have to cast down that high imagination, amen? So, yes, we're going to just talk about the practical tools and steps in this journey as we are waiting, as we are having um, that trust in the Lord, as we are being long-suffering, as we are really, you know, submitting our will, you know, and even in submitting our will, we're having to submit our time frame. And I think that's the part where at least I get stumbled on sometimes, where I'll say, Lord, not my will, thy will be done, but I don't let go of the time frame that I think it should be. And that's something else can cause us to be weary in the way. And so, um, without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and just get started. Um, this is one of my absolutely favorite songs, Yeshua, 
Um, it is just something, a song that just really brings me back, right? It takes me back to the present. It reminds me of the present. It gets me back, you know, centered in God, in Christ, in Jesus, in Yeshua HaMashiach, right? He is Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And he is our source, our strength. He's the way, the truth, the life. He is the Lamb of God. He is our risen Savior, right? He is the Lord of Lord. He is the King of glory. You know, and so we are so just blessed to have a, a, a Lord and Savior who can identify where we are in our journey. I think that is the beauty in it. He just doesn't. He just doesn't reign, you know, as king, as Lord. He he even ha has an uh, opportunity where he came down and humbled himself and came down from heaven, from glory. Like, can you imagine? He was in heaven. He was in glory. He's surrounded by just cherubim, seraphim, the, the you know, just the ministering angels that, the, you know, worship constantly constant praise just even just the presence of god in and of itself right we can't even imagine in our human mind what it's really like like what heaven really is we can only think of images and you know words that we can describe what we think is like or what the bible tell us but we really won't know till we get there but we know it is so magnificent and so awesome it is so divine and it is so you know miraculous and and so we know like it is something so far different than where we are because we're living in this earth and this earth there's sin, sin there's evil there's darkness there's wickedness you know there's pain you know there's suffering there's lack there's all these things here in the earth that don't exist in heaven so and when you think of it like jesus left all of that willingly right he came down he stepped down right so he humbled himself he came under he he didn't see him he didn't he counted what is it? He didn't see it, you know, like he didn't see himself so far above to where he couldn't humble himself and come down in the form of a man born of a virgin, right? To come and experience life on this earth to know firsthand what we go through as humans. And so that's the thing that distinguishes him from any other type of idol or any other type of Lord G God that people believe on or people worship or whatever, because those things a lot of time are created with human hands. They don't talk, they don't, they can identify. They they haven't, you know, been crucified and rose on the third day. They haven't given up their life for you. And so um, it's just such an honor to be able to worship and just have um, this relationship um, with our father through Jesus Christ, right? And so when I think of, you know, how he came down and he had to suffer, he know what it's like to suffer, right? He was betrayed by someone really close to him. He know what it's like to be betrayed. You know, he felt forsaken in the moment when he was on the cross and he was just taking on every lash. He was beat with the cat of nine tails, flesh ripped from his body. He was nailed to the cross. He had the nails in his wrist and in his ankles, right? He had a crown of thorns put on. He was being mocked. You know, he was just spit on, slapped, kicked, punched. You know, he was persecuted. He was accused. He did nothing to deserve all of this. He took all of this on because this is what we deserve for the consequences of our choices of our sin. But he decided to take it all on and nail it to the cross and to and to 
conquer it once and for all, right? So he knows what it's like, you know, even to wait on God, because we really don't know the exact time frame that he really was on the cross, right? When you read the Bible, sometimes we lose we not cognizant of time. We think that things seem like everything happened back to back to back or everything happened really quick. And that's not the case. That's why you really got to really get into the Bible, really study it, really, you know, understand the hermeneutics, understand and, and how, how to exegete the, the scriptures, the semantics, understand really like the timing, the culture, the audience, the, the author. It's so many things that you need to take in consideration when you really want to have understanding of the word of God and go deeper and to get all of that revelation and that knowledge that wisdom but Christ came and he suffered he knew what it was like to experience suffering he knew what it was like to be weary can you imagine how he felt in the garden where he's crying out to the point where he's bleeding you know he's he's sweating and blood right and so it's like he knows that agony that anguish he knows what it feels like to you know to feel alone you know he's on the cross up there yes he has you know two criminals on the side of him but he didn't have his disciples he didn't have his mother he didn't have those people you know who were familiar to him his inner circle his squad right he didn't have his tribe he was on that on that cross really truly alone and he even felt alone so he knows what it's like to feel alone he knows what it's like to you know be born into a you know an interesting situation you know he was born of a virgin and then he has this quote-unquote bonus father as joseph you know and he's being raised up in this you know in this home right but that's not his true father so he knows what it's like to even feel you know like disconnected maybe from your biological father right he understands he knows what it's like so when we begin to think about our journey and in our seasons of suffering or getting weary we have to know that we have a we have a lord and savior who understands and identifies so he has empathy and compassion because he knows he has firsthand experience in his humanness right he laid aside his deity he was fully god and fully man but he operated more out of his humanness and he went through the same thing we had to go through he had to you know he started operating in his miracles once he was baptized and filled with the holy spirit so he didn't come down and fully and taking um utilizing his deity and in his in being God, right? He truly walked on earth as a man, even though he was fully God, in order to be able to identify with what we go through. So that in and of itself should encourage us to know that there is nothing that we go through, that we endure, that we um, you know, that 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 we have to, you know, face that he doesn't understand. Like he knows our feelings, he knows our emotions, he knows the weight of pain of being crushed, the agony. Like I said, feeling forsaken, being betrayed, you know, having to, you know, surrender, you know, having to give his, you know, to surrender and to take on the will of God, to drink the cup of suffering, to carry the cross that the that was in the place and the will of God for him to carry. He understands that. He knows what that's like. So the same thing we face, like the Bible tells us, we're not faced with any temptation that's not known or common unto man. Meaning uh, every a lot of us or the majority of us or all of us have experienced some form of temptation, right? And so it's not uncommon to man. It's not known to, unknown to man. But even in the face of temptation, the Lord will provide a way of escape, right? Because the Lord doesn't tempt us to do anything. The Lord will test us in areas, but we're not tempted by God to do anything. Temptation is coming like in the book of James is telling us out of the, our own lustful desires, right? So it's out of our own lustful desires. And then, you know, the enemy may play on those things to tempt us, right? He may, you know, 
figure out what our weakness is and then try to tempt us, but it's never God. And But even when we're in temptation, there's always, God is providing a way of escape because he understands that in this life, we'll get weary. He understands that in this life, you know, we'll experience pain, suffering, brokenness, rejection, right? Disappointment, heartache, hopelessness. You know, it's that scripture in the Bible where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I remember when I first heard that scripture and I started to really think about that. And I felt like that was very interesting. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to it just in case somebody doesn't um, know or would like to know exactly where that is in the Bible. And so um, I'm about to get that for us so we can go there together and understand and hear in um In the book of Proverbs 13, 12. And so in Proverbs 13, 12, let me go to it here in my Bible really quickly. Because I don't want to just read it on YouTube. Because we can get, and that's another thing, we can just get so, um, so lazy, I would say, if I'm just being honest, in how we really, you know, go to studying the word because we have YouTube and YouTube is just so convenient, right? So fast. You really don't have to put in the work to have to figure out where it is in the Bible. Look it up yourself, you know, use your Bible, you know, um, use the, the table of contents and do all those things that back in the day they had to do because that's all they had, right? We have to, we, we have so much convenience. So we're so used to instant gratification. We're so used to everything happening fast because we are living in a fast-paced society. We're living in a um, society where they want everything microwaved. They don't want to put stuff in the oven no more. You know, it's like when you cook, right? I like to cook. And so there is just, I, first of all, we don't even own a microwave. Let's start there. We just don't. I We have not owned a microwave in about two and a half years or so. And so everything I do Nice out of 10, time is always a factor, right? Because when you cook and you're cooking on the stove, you're cooking in the oven, you're cooking on the to in the toaster oven, you know, even in the air fryer per se, you know, certain things like maybe a toaster oven or air fryer may speed up the time a little bit, but you're still having to wait a particular amount of time and it's normally a lot longer than it would be in a microwave you could pop something in the microwave for one minute and then instantly it's heated up it's done it's warm whatever well when you're using your oven like if you go to warm something up in the oven you might have to wait 15 minutes if you warm something up in the toaster oven you might have to wait 10 minutes right if you warm something up in the in, in the air fryer maybe you're waiting you know six seven eight minutes whatever but time right? It's time and it's intentionality. And not only is it time, you, you got to even make sure that you're paying attention. You're watching it. You can't just totally disregard it or forget about it because if you keep it in there too long, it'll get burnt. But if you take it out too early, it won't be done. And see, and that's a lot of the way how God deals with us. And we'll get to that here in a few. But just really want to talk about how we don't want to lose sight of these practices and disciplines that will keep us, you know, keep us building up, you know, our strength in the word and understanding the word and going to the word and, you know, and eating the word and, 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 and not solely depending on stuff like apps on our phone or, you know, Google to find the scripture. There's nothing wrong in the moment. If you're out and about, you don't have your Bible or like right now I'm doing a podcast. So it's a little time sensitive. So it's easier for me to 
Google a scripture just to find the address of the scripture, but then I go right to my word and say, okay, here it is. Cause that I that way I don't spend so much time fumbling through the pages trying to figure it out. But we don't want to take for granted the fact that some things you just don't want to throw away. There are certain things in life that they just work, right? There are certain, you know, practices like they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like just because things can be convenient or can be instantaneous or, you know, can be, um, you know, can happen very quickly doesn't mean that's the better way. Right. And so I just, I don't know. I just felt the need to say that. And so those of us who want to continue to really learn and grow and, you know, want the Lord to continue to speak to us and give us revelation and understanding and wisdom, you know, and, and, and take us into those deeper places and spaces, we have to understand that God don't change. Amen. Now he'll utilize technology because he created all things. He gives men, he gives um, human beings the, the, the wisdom and the ideas and, you know, the inventions and you know, the creativity and the innovation and all of those things to create the stuff that we see. But there, we're never to, to deviate from the, 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 the practices that have, you know, stood the test of the test of time and have been instituted from the very beginning and getting familiar with your Bible. Because we don't know if technology will always be there, right? Depending on the internet and, and Wi-Fi and all that kind of thing, to do everything is now wise because that's something that is created that can, can it can malfunction, it can stop working, it can go out. And we know that because over this last year or so, we've experienced different capacities of that where social media just won't be working for a day or it'll be, a, it'll be down for some hours. You know, if you have internet, sometimes certain days your internet just don't work or if it's storming outside or whatever the case may be, or maybe they just have an outage in your area. I know that's the most frustrating for me where I'm trying to do something on my computer or my laptop or whatever, and I'm trying to use um, the internet and all of a sudden the internet just is out and it's like no internet connection. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't pay my bill I, I don't have no internet and you call and they tell you, oh, there's an outage in your area. It ain't going to be back up for eight hours or it ain't going to be back up till tomorrow, whatever. And it's like, but I have work to do. I have things to do. But see, that's why depending on these things, using them is fine. But depending on them, you know, to to take to take the place of just the the old way of doing it because the old way may take time or, you know, the old way may just, it, it, it may seem mundane or the old way may seem like, you know, it's, it's outdated. But just because we have a new way to do something doesn't mean it's a better way. Amen. So pick up your Bible, learn your Bible, learn the books of the Bible, you know, go and search through the Bible to find scriptures, not saying you cannot use Google. I'm just saying you don't want to depend on it. You want to get in your word. You want to know this word. You want to know. You want to be able to find your, your scriptures. You you want to be the one with your Bible, right? Because this is the the living word. This is the, the breathe, the God breathed word, right? This is the word. This is how God speaks to us. This is our manual for life as Christians. So this this you and and having it physically in your hand is very different than looking at it on an app. Or going to Google and scrolling through it like that. When you have to, because you can mark in your Bible, you can, you know, you can highlight, you know, you can, you know, make it so personal and, and just do more things. And I love to have the Bible in my hand, even though I do use my phone. So I do want to make sure that we know that 
if we want to stay in a place where we're growing, we're maturing, we're we're getting deeper, we're going, you know, to faith to faith, to glory to glory. We want to stay in this Bible, in a hard copy Bible. Um, and I probably get that because I know the apostle of my church, he's always talking about, you know, people who come in church and they have just their phone, but they don't have a physical Bible. This is your lifeline, especially when you're weary in the way. Amen. Your lifeline is really getting into the word of God, knowing what he's saying, knowing what, what scriptures to encourage yourself, how to, you know, pray the scriptures over yourself. Because if you don't know what God responds to is his word, it's his word that's not returning to him void so that's why you want to know what this is you want to know what the words say because you want to pray that back to him because that's what he's going to watch to perform that's what he's faithful to his word so even when we're weary we can't go to god wanting to pray our emotions because i know we tend to do that just in our humanness it's just kind of like a you know um it's innate it's like a thing where we just do naturally but you don't want to pray your emotions and your feelings only to God. Not to say you can't tell him how you feel because you can, but you want to make sure you are aligning what you're, what you're praying with his word. So that way you will see an answer. You will see the manifestation. You will see him move because it is his word that, that causes him to move. Amen. And so, yes. Yeah, so here we are at, um, Proverbs 13, 12, and it says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. I love that because it's not only talking about hope being deferred, making the heart sick, but then it's also coming with, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So yes, in the way you can be weary, you can get disappointed, you can be bogged down, you can be heavy, right? You can want to give up, you can want to throw in the tile, you can just, you know, be frustrated, all of these things, your heart can be sick. What does that look like? You know, when your heart is heavy, right? I know I felt like that just a few days ago where I felt heavy. My heart was so heavy. I felt a lot of pressure and I felt like frustration, you know, starting to rise up because I'm like, Lord, where are you? Lord, I've been waiting. I've been believing. I've been pressing. I've been praying, right? I've been standing firm on your promises. I've been doing everything that I believe that I can do as a believer, as a child of God, and everything that I believe you said for me to do. So where are you? I was feeling it. Like I was, I was just in, I was totally in, you know, feeling overwhelmed and overcome with being faint or weary. And I really was like trying to, trying to really go to God and figure out what, what, what was the source of it? Number one, where was it coming from? But also understanding like, like, Lord, this, this is how I'm feeling in this moment. This is where I'm at. And I need you to come help. And that's why I put Lord help because in these moments, we don't need to turn to, you know, social media, right? We don't need to go on there and do a whole vent session and write a whole paragraph or two or a book about what we're going through. Amen. We don't need to always go to people either. We don't even need to always, you know, have to want to vocalize it to someone else. We Sometimes you just need to go to the Lord. And because he said, when we cast our cares onto him, he cares for us, right? He, If we're burdened and heavy laden and we cast our cares on him, we come to him, he'll give us rest. Because sometimes that's all we need. At least for me, I believe that's what I needed in that moment. I needed to rest because my mind had been 
playing and pondering and racing and mulling over the situations that are um that I'm dealing with, the things that have happened that you know that that that's taken me off by um surprise, you know, taking me off guard, things that I didn't see coming, going through, you know, different type of situations with people and people that I was close to or people that I, you know, care about, you know, and 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 trying to navigate all of that plus navigating life and having a being a mother and having the responsibilities of that and, you know, my business and all that I have going on, you know, it's life. We all have life going on. It's in the midst of with dealing with just life in and of itself to add on things that, you know, just come out of nowhere, you know, situations that just arise, you know, a person just all of a sudden, you know, you know, y'all get into it or, you know, the, the, the dynamic of your relationship, you know, is it changes, get altered because, you know, something happened, you know, you find, you know, a person ain't who you thought they were, you know, or you just experienced something negative happen, maybe get a bad report, maybe, you know, you experience some, you know, some letdowns in, in areas of your life or maybe things ain't going well in your job or maybe your kids is, you know, kind of going, um, you know, crazy and, you know, doing things and, and, and it can be stressful. And then you add that on top of what you just have going on every day. And it, it's just natural to feel weary, right? It's natural. And so one thing I want us to understand that just because you're a believer and you can be faith-filled, spirit-filled, you can love the Lord with all your heart, you know, you can be on fire for God, but that do not mean that you will not have seasons or moments where you feel weary and it's not that you're not saved enough it's not that you don't have faith enough it's not that something's wrong with you it's that you're human and that the the beauty in it is again jesus understands right because he's the door he's the door to the father right he's our he's our lord and savior right he knows what that's like. He understands you're not being condemned. Nobody's judging you, looking down on you because you you are present in what you're experiencing or you're at a place where you're like, Lord, I've been going through this situation. I've been on this journey. I've been in this wilderness for 40 years. Lord, where you at? I'm ready. You know what? You know, he understands that like this thing is heavy. The weight of it is heavy. Sometimes the anointing is heavy. Sometimes um, the calling is heavy. Sometimes the assignment is heavy. You know, it's not always a negative thing, but that don't mean it's not heavy. And so when we don't acknowledge these things and we're not honest about it and honest that it happens and it happens to all of us and it's not saying that you're doing something wrong nine out of ten with you unless you know you are doing something wrong amen we want to be honest with ourselves because god knows unless you know you are practicing sin unless you know you have unrepentant sin unless you know you're being in rebellion you're you're disobedient whatever the case may be where that will open the door for some something to come upon you to where you know you the consequences some type of you know being overwhelmed and being flooded and being inundated when you know you're living a righteous life and you're doing all that you can to live according to the word of god and you start experiencing things coming on every side and it's like the enemy has come in like a flood just like it says in the word and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you can't take no more and the pressure you know you you feel like you're a pot you're about to boil over because the pressure is just getting so intense you know you feel like you know you can't take another thing like if one more thing happened you just gonna just throw in the towel because you just you're at your breaking point that, that that's real and a lot of times when you're doing everything you're supposed to do and it seems like every time you obey, every time you follow an instruction, every time you do something in faith, something else happened and something else happened. A lot of times that is just 
That is a sign and that is confirmation that you're getting closer and closer to the breakthrough or closer and closer to the blessing or closer and closer to the opportunity or closer and closer to the promise. And so what happens is we get sometimes caught up in the weariness. We get caught up in the emotion of it. We get caught up, you know, in, in being in our feelings that we lose sight that we got. We can't stop. Right. We can't stop. You got to keep going. And even if you feel like your hope, you've been hoping for something for so long. You've been hoping for a situation to turn around. You've been hoping for a loved one to be saved. You've been hoping for, you know, some kind of blessing, some kind of breakthrough, some kind of healing in your body. You've been hoping, you know, to have a child. You've been hoping for marriage. You've been hoping, you know, to, for your finances to, you know, for you to get out of, you know, a place of lack and poverty, whatever the case may be. You've been hoping for something, but that thing is taking longer than you expected. Now your heart is sick. Now your heart is sick. Now your heart is feeling heavy. Now your heart, now you're feeling disappointment. Now you discouraged, right? Now even maybe you even start feeling a little bit depressed and down, right? That's because now your heart is sick. But be encouraged because the scripture says here in Proverbs 13, 12, that but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. Just because it's taking longer than you expected doesn't mean it's not going to happen. That's why it's so important when you're weary in the weight that you don't stay in that place. Like you don't allow yourself to be so overtaken. And I'm sp speaking to myself because I had a tendency to do that. I had a tendency to feel weary and to feel overcome and to feel, you know, um, like frustrated and, and even just feeling like my heart is sick. I have had seasons, moments, times where my heart was just sick because I had to go through some things way longer than I expected. Like even... I've told my testimony many times about, you know, how I we lived in a house with absolutely nothing. We lived in extreme poverty, right? We had no no furniture, no beds, no dining room table, we eating on the floor, sleeping on the floor. You know, I didn't have no income, no money, no car, no, you know, nothing. You know, we just, you know, was just getting by with the with the you know bare minimum, right? And I thought when the Lord was entering me into this season of stripping, right? Because you got to be honest, everything ain't the enemy. And even when you experience something that you perceive to be negative because how it makes you feel or how it makes you look or because something is being taken away, that we automatically associate that with being negative or being the enemy. No, God takes us through season where he has to remove things. He has to separate us from things. He has to prune us. The Bible tells us in what John, I think it is, what, 15, 14 or 15, that Jesus is the vine and the father is the vine dresser where the branches and those that produce fruit fruit the father the he prunes it so it produces even more fruit so sometimes he's taking things away because what is pruning pruning is a cutting away that's when a gardener is going into the garden and there are some things that may not be beneficial there's some things that may be turning a little brown there's some things that may cause more damage than good there's some things that's unnecessary so they go ahead and they prune that off and what happens is that 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 bush that flower whatever it is it it blossoms and blooms and it buds even more it produces even more fruit and so in the onset it don't feel good and it don't look good because now it may even that that branch may start looking bare because maybe there was an appearance of fruit come on somebody that's the word maybe there is a appearance of fruit on that particular branch but see what we don't understand is 
some things appear to be fruit or fruitful, but they're not. And so those, th those are the things that the Lord is going to remove, especially when he is desiring for you to be even more fruitful. And so we might go through a season of the stripping, a season, you know, where things are falling off or a season where he's separating us. And that's not, again, it's not the enemy all the time. Sometimes that's God. But even in that, you know, when I knew he was entering me into that season, I was aware of it because he gave me the understanding and the revelation of it. What I assumed, though, was that it would be short lived. I assumed it would be short lived, number one, because I received it and, and I submitted to it. Right. When when I knew that's what he was doing, when I knew I was about to have to throw away, because you got to understand how I got in the situation of being in extreme poverty, me and my children and us having nothing is I had to willingly throw away everything we had. So we had furniture, we had dining room tables, we had bedroom sets, we had clothes, we had shoes, I had jewelry, I had purses, I had bags, I had cars, I had all of these things, right? All of the things that I ended up without, I once had. And it wasn't that someone took it from me, it wasn't that I lost it, God said I had to give it up. And I had to give it up because of what it was attached to. But sometimes God don't always give us a reason of why we got to give something up. And that's the test. What do we love more? It's like Abraham. What did he love more? Did he love the promise more? Did he love Isaac more? Or did he love God more? And so sometimes God don't give us a reason or he give us a reason way later, but he just want us to be willing, right? So I had to be willing and I did that. And I assumed because I was obedient and I assumed because I surrendered to it. I, I assumed because I sat in it that that meant it was going to be short lived. But little did I know it wasn't. So in those moments where I had to go day after day, month after month, a whole year going into another year in that space, Living like that, living in lack, living, be, feeling behind, feeling beneath, you know, and then even experiencing other things that felt like it was just, it was adding on to it and dealing with, you know, um, the warfare, dealing with, you know, the physical pain of my body, dealing with, you know, the breakup of my last relationship, dealing with trying to heal from, you know, the brokenness from that relationship and the other trauma that I experienced in my life with trying to heal from the traumatic car accident that I was in and the back surgeries and all the other treatments that I had to have dealing with you know having my children at home and trying to figure out how to homeschool them dealing with life and all of these things in this season I thought God was going to immediately take me out of it and he did it and in that season my heart felt sick I, my heart felt sick I felt forsaken. I felt forgotten. I felt overlooked. I felt God was unfair. All right. I, my heart was sick because my hope was God is going to bring me out. My hope was I'm not going to have to stay in this space for long. I'm just maybe, maybe the Lord only going to have me in here a couple weeks, but hopefully just a couple of days. Amen. Because a couple weeks is a long time, but I had an expectation. I had a hope that I would not be in that season long. And it and my hope was deferred, right? My hope was deferred because he did not take me out immediately. And I had to stay in that season a lot longer than I ever would have wanted or anticipated. And my heart was sick. But that's, the rest of the scripture is so true that, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. When I finally got to that place where the Lord turned it around for me, when he began to restore everything that I gave up and everything that I lost, 
and he did exceeding and abundantly. Because if you know God, when he does anything, he doesn't, he does over and beyond, right? He gives you back better. If you ever give up something for God, you have to be at peace in your heart to know whatever he get, whenever he returns it back to you or however he returns it back to you, it will be better. It will be way better than what you could have ever, what you ever lost or gave up, amen? And so truly it became a tree of life because I really felt like the life in me in that dark season, I felt like it was being drained. Because sometimes the weariness feel like you're just drained, like something just is draining you, right? Because you're weary. I was so weary. It was days I couldn't get off the couch. Days all I could do was cry literally all day long. Days where I just laid there, my kids coming, looking at me, mom, what's wrong? Why are you, why are you crying? Are you okay? Days where I just contemplated taking my life. Days where I was just I just wanted to give up everything. Like I wanted to even just no longer even be a Christian because I felt like if, if, if this is what it took to be one, I don't want to be one because the pressure was so heavy and I was so weary and my heart was so sick, right? Because that's what that'll do to you. But I had to find a way to hold fast to my faith and I had to find a way to stay rooted in God. So no matter though I was in those emotions in the moment, I didn't stay there. And I had to pull myself up a lot of the time to get in the word and get into praise and get into worship and, and pray and really release these this this brokenness or release this hurt, this pain, this feeling forsaken, feeling overlooked, all of these things, feeling the hopelessness, feeling the this the my heart being sick and release it to God. And every time I release it to him it wasn't that he changed the situation. It's just like he did exactly what he did. He gave me rest. He did exactly what he said in his word. He gave me rest. I came to him. I was burdened. I was heavy laden and he gave me rest. And so God don't always take us out of a thing immediately. He just give us the tools to help us to get through it. Amen. So when you weary in the weight, you know, you want to have a sober mind a sober mindset on how God may operate and what his character and his nature is. And to know, even though you're weary in the weight, and even though you feel like God put you in the place that you're in, and it's not going the way you wanted it to go, or you're not seeing God do what you thought he would do, you have to be understanding that God knows the best. He His ways is higher. His thoughts is higher. He sees the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He knows exactly what he's doing. So even though to us, we it don't make sense, it don't feel good, we weary, we heavy, we burden, we laden, we want to give up, throw in the towel, God is not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you fall. You will be cast down. You won't be destroyed. He is going to sustain you, even if it's what, what you look like it's the bare minimum because there's always someone else worse off than you. There are people who truly are homeless, who have nowhere to be. Yes, we didn't have furniture, beds. We didn't have, you know, we eat on the floor. We sleep on the floor. We all this, whatever. But we still had a home, a roof over our head. We still have food on our table. So our needs were met. And his word is true. He said he'll supply all our needs according to his riches and glories. We just have to be very, um, we have to be very clear on what a need is versus a want, right? Having a bed is, that's a want because you can survive without one, right? Having a dining room table, that's a want because you can, because you can eat without one, right? So there are things that do we feel like those are important? Are they essential? Do they make living a lot more comfortable? Absolutely. Is God denying us these things? No, right? However, 
It is not essential for life. We have been given every good thing. We have been given everything for life and godliness. Amen. That is the word of God. And so when we understand that sometimes we go through seasons and we feel like we don't have what we need. And then you go to God and be like, well, Lord, you said you're going to supply all of my needs. But if you still got breath in your body, you need that. Right? If you still got health in your body, you need that. Even if you don't got health, but you're still alive, you need that because you can be healed. If you still got a roof over your head, it, I don't care if it's somebody else's roof. I don't care if it's a shelter, a, a friend's house, whatever it is. If you're not on the street, that's what you need, right? Your need, your needs, right? Are you are you eating? Do you have food? Are you have sustenance? You have water? You have clothing? Are you naked? Are you out here just walking around with nothing going? You have nothing. Even when I see people um on the street and they you know are in poverty or they're they're having a, a hard season and you know they're quote unquote what we consider you know the homeless. They they still be clothed. They don't be naked standing there with a sign. So somewhere their need is met. I even see some of them smoking cigarettes. We all know that ain't a need. So somewhere, uh, you know, even wants are being met. So we have to be very clear on what is a need and what is a want. And to know God's word is true. He's not lying. He's not forsaking you. If he said he's going to meet your need, trust me, you have everything you need in that moment. I know somebody left you. I know they broke your heart. I know you lost your job. I know, you know, things have happened and you feel like these were things you needed. I know your friend, you know, betrayed you, backstabbed you in the back and now you have lost the friendship. I know. I know, you know, the child is wayward and they out there and you don't know what's going on. You don't have that relationship with your child or you don't have a relationship with your parents or whatever the situation may be where we feel like, this is an, something that we think we need, but we don't have it in the moment. If you do not have it, you don't need it. If you don't have it, you don't need it because he said he supplies all of your needs. So sometimes we are, we put ourselves in a place of weariness because we're focused on the wrong thing. Because we think we need something that God is saying in this season. You don't need that because if you needed it, I would have given it to you because I supply all your needs. Right. So when I look back on that situation in the moment, I felt like I needed everything I did not have. I felt like I needed a car. I felt like I needed a bed. I felt like my children needed beds. I felt like we needed income. I felt like we needed provision. I felt like we needed a dining room table. I felt like we needed clothing and all of those things. But to be honest, we lived that whole season without those things. And we're still alive here today to talk about it. We survived. So there's no way we could have needed those things because we wouldn't have been able to survive because a need is something essential for life. And so when we begin to take our eyes off things that are not even that important, and really keep our eyes on the Lord, sometimes that weariness literally would dissipate then because you will realize, why am I even worried about this, right? Why am I even why am I even tripping over this? Because the Lord said he supplies all my needs. And if if he hasn't supplied it, I don't need it. Right? He's my source and my strength. He sent the ravens to feed Elijah. Surely he'll, he'll make sure that, that we don't go hungry, right? And even if you go hungry, you ain't gonna starve to death. 
You're not going to die because you ain't ate in months and you, you you just die. No, even if it's for a little while, the Bible tells us after you have suffered for a little while, then that Lord will, then he will exalt you. He will lift you up. So we have to be honest with ourselves to know like there are seasons we're going to go through. Weariness is going to be a part of this journey, right? Whether it's self-induced weariness, whether it's weariness because we're following the Lord, we're carrying our cross, we're drinking our cup of suffering. Weariness will happen. But how we navigate that weariness is going to be the determining factor of what is produced from that season. Because in that weariness though, I can look back on that and I'm like, the Lord still was there though, because we did not go without what we really needed. We was able to keep being safe. We was able to still be under a roof. We was able still to eat. We still had running water. We still had electricity. Come on now, we still had gas. Everything we really, really needed, we had it. So I can look back on that season, even though there were things I felt like we needed that we didn't have. God was still Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Yireh. He was my provider. He still provided in that moment. Was I weary? Yes. Was my heart sick? Yes. Was my heart hope deferred? Yes. But he still was a provider because we didn't lack nothing we needed. We lacked no good thing. And so I just love the way that the Lord will bring you out of a situation and you will be so much more wiser. You will be stronger. You will have another, you know, a deeper understanding, right, of him. You will have like a deeper connection, right? You really be start to be joined and become one with him because you've had to endure some things with him. You've had to go through some things and he, and when no one else could be there, he was there. So even when you're weary and you feel like he's not there, he there. Even when you feel like he's not there, he is there. And know that when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. The Bible talks about a tree of life. It talks about that in the garden. It was a tree of life, right? And it was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And life, like Jesus came to give us life and for us to have it more abundantly, right? You know, the Bible talks about being like a, uh, in Proverbs, I mean, excuse me, in Psalms 1, being like a tree. Uh, mighty oak tree you know planted by the rivers of living water you know but even just like a tree when you think of a tree and think of life trees have root they have roots and their roots normally go down really deep to keep them really anchored right they not just to keep them anchored but their roots are deep to keep them anchored so a lot of times if we get to a place where we're so weary we give up we're so we're, we're abort you know the mission we terminate it you know we give up we throw in a towel sometimes our roots not deep enough because when you really walk this thing out with God, you have a very clear understanding this journey involves seasons. And every season ain't going to be one that you're going to be, you know, everything not going to always go well in every season. Because the Bible tells us there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. So when you understand that this journey involves seasons in the same way that every year we have four seasons, we go from, you know, summer, fall, winter, spring, and things, and, and there's transitions and things die in certain seasons, things grow in certain seasons, things begin to change in certain seasons, you know, and things, you know, begin to be, um, you know, um, blossom and bloom in certain seasons. But in every season, there is something that takes place that is um, designed and distinct to that season. That's what this life is like. 
So there are going to be seasons where you're going to have everlasting joy. You're going to be happy. Things are going to be going well. You're going to feel blessed. You're going to, you know, you're going to see the blessing on you, the manifestation of it. You're going to be just, you're going to be just feeling like you're just in that place where you know, like the Lord is just blessing you. His hand is upon you. You will have those seasons and prayerfully more of those seasons than not. Amen. But then there still will be trial and tribulation. There still will be, you know, things that have come, storms, there'll still be things, disappointments, there'll still be things that, you know, try to come and chip away at your faith, or there'll still be things that don't go the way you expect, you know, you might go through a, a you know, enter into a season where, you know, somebody or you yourself is stricken with, you know, some kind of illness or, you know, some kind of, you know, difficulty and just because we go through those seasons and even though those seasons sometimes seem a little longer than we would like when we get weary we have to go to the lord like lord help even if that's all you can say there were moments in my darkest seasons where the only thing that could come out my mouth was lord help lord help like i'm, I'm i don't even have the strength i don't have the energy i don't have the words it's so heavy. The pressure is so immense, intense. Like, I feel like I'm being crushed. I feel like the weight of it is going to just kill me. Lord, help. Lord, help. And he hears you. He knows exactly where you are, what you're going through, and he will send help. We just have to be open and we have to receive the help the way it comes. It's not always going to come the way you think, but don't don't reject the help when God sends you in your time of weariness. Because sometimes in your place of weariness, you cry out to God, Lord, help. Or you just cry out to him and, and just open your heart to him and what you're going through. And he might put a song in your heart. And, and that's because he's wanting you to go into worship, right? He wants you to go into praise. He may have somebody call you to encourage you. You know, he may, you know, tell you to go to a certain place, right? He may just give you peace. You just might feel this overwhelming peace for no reason. Your situation is still going crazy. Everything's still just like falling apart. But for some reason, you have peace. We have to accept the help as it comes, right? Sometimes, you know, he might remove a person. He might remove a situation. He might remove you, but that's the help. He may send you to a podcast. He may send you, in, you know, into the word. He may have you listen to a sermon, right? He may have you call somebody or reach out to somebody for prayer. Whatever he do, accept the help because that's going to help you to come out of that place of weariness or at least to get a fresh a second wind you know at least to get your footing and to get anchored so you won't give up because again when you give up that's the worst because giving up then now you don't have no chance to see it right you have no chance for that thing to come to pass you have no chance to see you know a turnaround for you you have no chance for you know it to to come and become a tree of life because you've given up altogether. So giving up ain't the answer. Yes, that's sometimes what we feel like we want to do because we feel like if we give up, it'll relieve some of the pressure. But it won't because now you're going to have the pressure of, oh my gosh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, or what if I, or oh, did I miss it, or I missed it, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Now you're going to have to probably try to filter through not having that regret and being bitter and being resentful because you 
you right at the moment where you was truly about to see the hand of God over your life, you gave up. And now you got to bear witness to everybody else around you or somebody else around you, you know, being blessed or receiving a promise or seeing God raise up another. Because I can imagine in Esther, um, in Esther 4, when the situation arose, when they, the news uh, went out about the uh, annihilation and the genocide of the Jews and everybody went into mourning and everybody was, you know, just overwhelmed. I know they were weary. I know they were overcome with grief. I know they felt like just all hope was lost. I bet I know they felt like forsaken. They felt, I'm sure, I mean, can you imagine you, you being catching wind that there's been an edit by the king has been put out that for whatever reason, these certain people had was given permission on a certain day to just kill you, to murder you, your family, your children, your loved ones, everybody. That's something to be weary about, right? And I know they were weary. And then when Mordecai, he's tearing his clothes. He's putting on his sackcloth and ashes. He's just in full-on mourning. Um, and the, and every, all the Jews were. And and you get Esther gets wind. And she's like, what's going on? What what is all this mourning? Why are you act, why are you dressed like that? Sending him clothes. I like, hear get yourself together. Because sometimes that's what people do. And it's and it, they mean no harm. You in your place of mourning, you going through, you know, you're, you're, you're rending your heart. You're experiencing some affliction, some suffering, some hardship. And somebody might look at you like, get yourself together here. Put, get your clothes on. Put you clean yourself up. And that's not what you need in that moment. And see, Mordecai wasn't looking for no clothes. He wasn't looking to clean himself up. He wasn't looking for, you know, to just try to help him, you know, with the situation from the outside. He was looking for an answer because they needed a deliverer. But even when she found out what was going on, even she could, you got to imagine she's weary because the Jews is her people. She's a Jew. So the, the whole idea of you can get just murdered for no reason. You can just be taken out, annihilated, not just you, but your whole entire generation, your whole bloodline, your whole family, your whole people. I know she was weary. But she had to be reminded Mordecai had to remind her, you in position right now. Cause she like, listen, he's like, listen, you need to talk to the king. You need to get this situation figured out because we ain't all about to die. Right? And she like, listen, no, I can't do that. You know, you know the law. Nobody can go in and enter into the court without being summoned. I haven't been summoned in 30 days. And if he don't, you know, if I haven't been summoned and he doesn't extend the golden scepter up to me, I can die. And that's the law. If we go just trying to go into the king's presence all willy-nilly, we ain't been summoned, I can die. Even me being his wife, the queen, the one who found favor with him, I have realization that, listen, you're asking me to put my life on the line. But isn't it interesting that her life really was already on the line and her people's life was on the line because there had been an edit for the annihilation of the entire people. So really, there was already, the li her life was already on the line. But... In that moment, she thought about this other uh, this other situation that could have also put her life on the line. But see, it came down to her having to make a choice because Mordecai had to remind her, like, okay, you in position now, but if you don't rise up and do something, the Lord will bring deliverance to another. He'll bring deliverance to another. And, but you and your family... And your father's house will be destroyed forever. And perhaps you have been put in this position for a time such as this. 
And see, the thing was, he had to remind her that, listen, you've been placed here. Sometimes God places in this wilderness. He'll place us, you know, in a season where we feel like we're in a valley. Like David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Sometimes we're placed in these situations, you know. Even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were placed in Babylon. And they was placed in that situation where the test was, who you going to bow down to? Is you going to bow down to this golden image or you're going to stand firm on your faith and worship your God? And so sometimes God places us in certain things. It's really not just the test, but a lot of times it's for to build us up, to build up our faith, to show us another dimension of him. For us to know him as healer, know him as provider, know him as our banner of victory, right? Know him as our peace, to know him as the resurrection, you know, to know him in a different past capacity, right? But see, we be placed in certain positions, whether it's a high place or a low place. God raises up kings and tears them down. But don't think for one moment that if you don't do what God really has positioned and assigned for you to do, if you don't endure to the end, it is those that endure to the end that reaps the reward, right? If you fall, if you give up, you know, and you throw in the towel, God gonna raise up somebody else. So your weariness is not necessarily going to go away because there are so many people in the world who never walk into their purpose, never fulfill their purpose. And these people, they could be successful. They could have accomplished some things in their life, but there's a void, right? There's an unfulfillment. There's something in them. They may not even can explain it. They don't even know why they feel the way they feel. They don't even know why there's something in them that just feels like, uh, like there's something more, but I can't put my finger on it. Or it's just feel like, dang, I wish I, or even get to the end of their life on their deathbed and think, oh, wow, if I could go back, I would do, do it over again. Or I would do this, or I wish I had done that, right? Because they have operated in, and walked out life all this time, their whole lifetime, but they never accomplished and did what God placed them in this earth to do. There is something that happens in you as a human being when you're not connected and not fulfill that purpose. And there's many people who have went in the grave and they have never did and been the answer and been the deliverer and been the one that the person that God created them to be, to do what he called them to do. So your weariness is still going to be there because there's going to be something in you that's going to keep making you feel unfulfilled. You're going to feel like there's something something more you're going to have that wrestling in inside because God created us all with a purpose and no we all don't discover it we all don't you know walk it out we all don't live in it but it's it's there for all of us we all have been born with it and so a part of discovering your purpose and a part of walking this journey with God and a part of you know just being in your assignment is going to go through these different seasons and they're all for a purpose because God does everything with intentionality. So even when you're weary in the wait and you cry out to the Lord or you do whatever it is that you know to do to help yourself to be steadfast and yielding and always uh, and immovable and always abounding in his work, right? If you stay in your word, stay rooted in your word, stay around your faith, friends, stay going to, you know, being connected to the people of faith and to the house of God. If you stay just having a, a lifestyle of prayer and stay having in a lifestyle of worship and praise and even when you like i i do often when i know that me going into worship just ain't ain't enough right now if i know me praying myself ain't enough right now i go to my accountability partners i go to my prayer partners i go to my sisters my faith field spirit field praying the house down 
sisters in Christ that I can depend on to cover me, you know, that I can depend on to be like an Aaron and Earth for me when I'm weary. So that's one thing that I did just the other day. I was feeling so heavy, so weary. And I was going to call my close, my one of my closest friends and I didn't even call her yet, but she ended up calling me. And I said, God, you do so good. Because again, that goes back to what I said before, accepting and receiving the help that God gives you because he knows when you're weary. He knows when you're getting tired. He understands that the pressure is intense. He understands you've been waiting for a long time. He understands the enemy has been coming and he's been warning against you know, the promise. He's been warning against the word that's been spoken over your life. He knows, right? And so he, even when you don't initiate it or you don't ask, he'll send you what you need. And so I didn't call her and I really really needed to in that morning I wanted to but something just prevented me from doing it but in that afternoon she ended up calling me and I ended up telling her like I was gonna call you earlier because I've been feeling so weary so heavy you know and I'm honest and I'm like and I've been just really like you know to the point where I'm like I don't I just don't want to do this no more and I'm like and I was gonna call you and I didn't but look you called me and see I was able to recognize in that moment that was my way of escape That's, that was my cry, my silent cry. Come on now. Because sometimes it's the silent cries. Like that you don't even have the strength or you can't even muster out of your mouth. Like Hannah, when she was um, at the temple and she was praying because she was in so much agony. She was in so much anguish. She was experiencing so much pain and disappointment and hopelessness because she wanted the thing she didn't have the most was a son. She had a husband who loved her. He even gave her a double portion, but she was so taunted and tormented by Paniah, who was the other wife, who was spitting out babies left and right. Because how many know, how many of us know that when we're believing for a thing and you got something in your heart and you truly is believing for that thing when other people are around you have it or being blessed with it or even deliberately taunting you or even if it's the you know adversarial forces taunting you that is so heavy that is so hard it's so difficult it weighs on you it drains you it can overtake you overwhelm you it can put a heaviness over you and she was in that place where she just was so full of just that weariness and being heavy that she was praying, but nothing was even coming out her mouth. To the point where the prophet Eli looked at her and was like, it is too early in the morning to be drunk. Like, what are you doing? You, was, you need to get yourself together. And she had to tell him like, I'm not drunk. He, like, I know in one translation, it says something like, um, my heart is her heart like she was heartbroken or you know what i mean hopeless or you know something like that like different translations say different things but basically she like listen i am i am so heavy i'm so weary like i have been so overwhelmed with disappointment like i am discouraged like she was like this this is it's, this is my cry my silent cry to god because i don't have nothing left cuz i'm weary and I'm tired. And he had to honor that. He like, you know what? Whatever it is. He, he didn't even hear what she said. Because again, she's praying. Her mouth is moving. But nothing is coming out. So don't think for one moment that your silent cries. And your silent prayers are not being heard. God hears. He's the God who hears. He hears them. The man of God didn't even hear what she prayed. Nothing came out of her mouth. Yet and still, he said, be it unto you all that you have asked God. May he do it. May he do it. And what happened? God did it. 
It was not long before she go went. Her husband knew her, which is a way the Bible sometimes says they, you know, were intimate. They had sex and she got pregnant. After all these years of trying, after all these years of waiting, after all these years being tormented, after all these years of being tortured, that tree of life came. It produced life, physical life, but it probably gave her life back spiritually. Probably gave her life back mentally, emotionally, you know. And so, again, be encouraged. You know, be encouraged, you know. We're going to leave on a good note because we have to understand that it's only going to last for a season and no, that's not what we want to hear in the moment, right? That don't help in the moment all the time, but it's true. We've been endured for the night, joy coming in the morning. Now when that morning is, sometimes we don't know. And sometimes it just may seem like it's a long night, but rest assured that joy cometh in the morning. Rest assured that those that sow in tears reap in joy. I'm sure Hannah was full over joy when she found out she was pregnant. In all those years of weariness, all those years of brokenness, all those years of hopelessness just went and faded away. It went down the drain. Why? Because now she was full of life. And so be encouraged to know, yes, you might be waiting for a long time. Yes, it may seem bleak. Yes, it seems impossible. Yes, you might feel like God has overlooked and forgotten you. Yes, all of those things may be a reality, but it doesn't mean it's the truth. The truth is God will never leave nor forsake you. The truth is that the Lord is supplying all your needs. The truth is that he has already gone ahead and he's already making a way. The truth is he is your banner of victory. And you've already overcome. The truth is that God is with you and he is for you. The truth is that the Lord is the light in your salvation. The truth is, you know, the Lord, he stays closer than a brother. The truth is your help is coming from the hills. The help is coming from the Lord. The truth is you are healed by Jesus stripe. The truth is that the Lord said, man shall not be alone. The truth is, you know, that God is near. He is with you. He is for you. He is omniscient, omnipresent. He is there, right there with you. You don't feel like it. You don't see him, but he's there. If you just open your eyes, if you open up your spiritual eyes, you will see God is with you. Yes, you might have went through the most horrible things. You might have been violated sexually. Somebody might have physically beat you. Someone may have done you wrong. They may have stolen from you. You know, you may have lost everything. I understand that. I've been in some of those very situations and you feel even in those situations that there can't be a God or why would God allow this? Or where was he when I was going through this? Where was he when this person abused you? Trust me, he was there because you are still alive. And no, that don't always give us solace. That don't always be what we need to hear, but it is still true. I asked those same questions. I, I went to God myself like, Lord, where was you? Why did you allow this? Why you allow this person to violate me? Why you allow this person to molest me? Why you allow this person to rape me? Why you allow me to go through this? Why you allow me to be rejected? Why you allow me to get this sickness? Why you allow me to experience this pain? Yes, I have asked those questions, but the truth is that he don't cause those things. Sin is in this world. Evil and wickedness is in this world. And as long as it is, people can be influenced by darkness. And God was with you because even though you was physically hurt in a moment, even though you could have been emotionally hurt in a moment, even though you experienced some scars, some bruises, even though you went through some pain, you might have had to get some surgery, some treatment. You might have to go to therapy, get some psych, you know, you had to get some, you know, counseling, you know, have to, you know, get yourself, you know, treated or whatever with your, with your, um, some psychology or whatever. Yes, you might have to experience the pain or you might see the scars and all of those things, but you are still here alive. God has still so much for you to do. He still is having so much to be just 
in you. He still is, he still is right there where he always was. And he's going to bring you to that expected end. Like it tells us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he is still the author and the finisher of your faith. He still is the one who created, who started that good work in you and he's going to complete it. Yes, the work made don't feel good all the time. Yes, a lot of the things I went through, I hated that I went through it. It hurt. It was, it was embarrassing. I was humiliated. I felt guilty. I felt shame. You know, so many things rejected, abandoned. I feel unwanted, unloved. I felt all of those things. And I'm like, God, you, there's nothing you could possibly do with this. But when he says all things work together for your good, now I have a testimony. Now he can use me to minister to people who's gone through or has gone through the same thing. Now he is using me to be a coach, to help coach women to get over their trial, to get through their brokenness, to become whole, be healed, to discover their identity, right? To overcome past trauma, you know, to discover their purpose. He's using the very things that I felt like was taking, was killing me or the very things that was causing me to be weary or and hopeless and disappointing me. Those very very things that I felt like, God, this is unfair. Where were you? Why did you let this happen to me? Those very times where I felt forsaken, those very times where I didn't know where God was, or I didn't know where I was, where I was. Those very times where it was like I had nothing and no one. He was still there and he still is using it for his good. And he's, he's working it for my good, but using it for his glory, excuse me, his glory. He's still using it. He still is making something beautiful out of it. He's still giving me beauty for ashes. So be encouraged. I understand you're weary. Be strengthened in the Lord. Be strengthened. Go to him. Go to the word. You know, even just if you got to just separate yourself and get to a quiet place and just be still. Whatever you need to do, don't give up. And understand nothing's wrong with you because you're weary. It's not always because you did something wrong. It's not always because you're sinning. Sometimes it's because God is processing you. God is processing you. God is preparing you for the next, for the, for the promise, for the breakthrough, for the position, for the elevation, for the promotion, right? For the, for, for the, to walk out your, your, uh, your, um, your assignment and your prompt and your purpose, you know, all of these things he's preparing you. So this is a part of the process sometimes. And it, we don't know why God allows these things or uses these things, but he does. And so many people have a testimony that you couldn't believe, but where they are today is in such a place of, of just being so healed and so whole. And they have so much joy and they just really have solidified their relationship with God because they know that they know that there's a God because if there wasn't, they know they would not be here. They know they wouldn't be in their right mind. They know their bodies wouldn't be healed. They know their hearts wouldn't have been mended so they could even love again. They know that they know that, that God is with them and for them. And see, sometimes us going through those dark times really solidifies for us to know who we going to serve. What do we believe? And so it's not to say that, again, God is getting anything out or he's not getting joy out of seeing you suffer or be afflicted or go through. No, it hurts his heart in the same way it hurted his heart to see his only begotten son on that cross. And it wasn't nothing he could do in the moment because the work had to be completed. So if he didn't go, come off his throne and rescue his own son, right, his own son and 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 and, and take him out of that suffering because 
it was about the bigger picture. It was about all of us, his children. He wanted to have, to be for us to be able to have a relationship with him. He wanted us to be able to come to, in in grace and and be able to have that community and that connection and that fellowship and that oneness with him. So he understood like it's it's bigger than just my son on this cross. Just like what you're going through, even though you're weary, it's bigger than you because there's people who's going to be attached to your testimony. It's people that's going to be attached to your purpose. So you have to know that even though you get weary, that when you call on the Lord, he's going to answer you because it says in the in the word that when the righteous cry out that he answers them, that even when you pray that before you even done praying, he'll go ahead and he's already answering the prayer. It tells us that when we cry out to him, he shows us great and mighty things that we do not know. And that's Jeremiah 33 and 3. So you have to understand that God is working this thing out. And it's a perfect word. And it shall, and it shall be beautiful in its time. It shall be beautiful in its time. And if you endure to the end, and if you allow your mind to stay on Jesus and you don't get too focused on the weariness, on the heaviness, on the things that ain't going right, find something to focus on that is going right. Shift your perspective, change your environment, change the people who you're around. If they always bring it up the negative, whatever you got to do. But this is a, this is not the time where you need to throw in the towel. This is the time that you got to gird yourself up and bury yourself and get rooted and get them root deep roots in and be rooted in the promise of God and trust him that what he said will come to pass. And I just want to leave you guys on this note. Like my friend, um, we were together today and, and I was telling her about some little things that were happening that um, over these last days. And she was like, oh, the Lord is giving you breadcrumbs, you know, or the Lord is throwing you croutons. These are knickknacks. These are tidbits. And see, um, you've got to know the inside joke. But just to say that even in our time of the wait, even in our time of awareness, God is always dropping Sometimes they they so it's so small to us that we deem it insignificant and we and we don't or we don't see it all together because we're so focused on the big thing, right? You so focused on whatever it is you're believing for to come to pass that you don't realize that the Lord be dropping little things to keep you grounded, to keep you in faith, to keep you in trust, to keep you knowing that he ain't forgot, that he's still there, that he's still working. And say the Lord will do that. So it's been a lot of little things over these last days the Lord has been doing. And when I was able, when she was bringing those things up and I was really able to go back and just look and think about it. It's like, Lord, you've seen that I was weary the other day. You've seen that it, it was heavy. It was intense. The pressure, you know, was weighing on me. And now in your grace, in your grace and your mercy, you have given me little tidbits, little knickknacks, little breadcrumbs to keep me in faith and to keep me going on the journey. Because when you like like a fairy tale or a nursing rhyme or whatever, when there was breadcrumbs and you follow the breadcrumbs, it's like you're like you're being led to a destination, right? And so the breadcrumbs is almost like your compass or your diet, you know, or you know, your GPS to, to keep leading you on the right path, right? Or on the path. And so it's like when God is giving you these little small confirmations and it's these little small things, you gotta take those and you gotta hide them in your heart, like Mary, when the angel of the Lord when came to her and was speaking to her about what was happening with her it says she hid it in her heart she said nothing to nobody she didn't even tell her husband or her husband to be 
because some things you just got to hide in your heart. Like God will give you a confirmation. He will give you affirmation. He will give you a tidbit, a knickknack, a breadcrumb because he see your weariness. He see your, you know, your, your, your starting to, you know, you get a little shaky that you're starting to really kind of vacillate. He sees it. So he wants to strengthen you by giving you these little things. So be aware, be open at Lord, open our spiritual eyes. So we see the tidbits that you do in the way that we see the breadcrumbs in the way that we see the knickknacks in the way and that we won't be so overcome with weariness that we give up right or we doubt you in the mighty name of jesus so i pray this bless you um i know this is something that may not be um easy to digest easy to hear or maybe not be something that we want to hear i know we get kind of really caught up in these feel-good messages oh the blessing of the lord the lord about to bless you it's your time it's your season and it's, it's a time for that but there's also a time for just being encouraged right so this is a message this is a um a, a episode and of being encouraged right and for you to know like like me even in those moments you that you know that you're feeling weary that it's nothing wrong that's a part of it it's a part of our humanness it's okay just don't stay in that place allow god to pick you up or like be like david encourage yourself but know that even in being weary in the wake, that the Lord is still good. He is still good. And he's still working it out for you. He is still working it out when you don't see him, you don't feel him. It don't seem like it. It seemed like he's taking his sweet time, you know, and he just ain't got no type of awareness of time because he ain't in time. But, you know, you feel like, Lord, okay, now where you at? Where you at? Even in those moments, he's moving. He's working. You don't always see what he's doing. You don't always feel what he's doing. We're so caught in our what we feel. We always want to feel something. Faith ain't about your feelings. It's, it's about you trusting, right? You have to trust God with all your heart and know that he's not going to disappoint you, knowing that he's not going to bring you this far to fail you. And that if, he, if he's allowing you to go through some difficult time, or if you just find yourself in a hard place, know that he will bring you out in, in, in time, in his time, and that it's going to work for your good, period. And you don't have to be, you don't have to have your heart be sick. Your hope don't have to be deferred. You have your hope in the Lord that it can never fail. Amen. And so I just thank everybody for being um, a part of today's podcast, listening to the replay, coming in on the live. I pray that this content blessed you today. This message blessed you. This is what I felt was on my heart. This is something I just was going through the other day. And normally when I talk about things, it's something I'm living and I've had to apply it for myself. So I'm not just up here telling you guys something or trying to, you know, get you guys encouraged. I have to apply this to myself. I have to live this out because I'm on this journey just like y'all. All our journeys may be different, but we're all on a journey. And so it's we all experience those high times, those mountain tops, and we experience those valleys. That's a part of it. But be encouraged. Be strengthened. Know where your help comes from. Know where your strength lies, right? Eat your word. Read your word. Get in prayer. Get in worship. Get into the presence. You know, go to church if you ain't been at church. Get around your faith friends. Get around your, those who can, you know, hold you up, your, your prayer partners, you know. Whatever you got to do, just don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. That is the thing that the enemy definitely wants you to do. But the Lord gave, has already given you the victory. 
already. You're already an overcomer, right? And so you have to just believe that and just continue to stand on that. Even if you don't see it in the moment, stand on it knowing that, that at some point that the word of God has to do what he pleased it to do. That's the word. It has to do what he pleased it to do. So if he said that he's going to do it, it is so. You have to trust the promise still stands. I seen a rainbow this morning. I know this podcast is a little longer, but <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But I seen a rainbow this morning on my way driving back um, into town because I was out of town. And the interesting thing is it had not rained. It had not rained today and it had not rained yesterday. But there was a rainbow just positioned right in the sky and it wasn't even in the form of a bow. It was almost like it was just straight up and down and it was just right up in the clouds. And I just looked and I had someone in the car with me and I told her, I said, look, there's a rainbow. She didn't even see it. And I'm like, right there. She's like, where, where? And then she sees it. She's like, wow. And I look at her and I'm like, that is the most interesting thing. Number one, the way it was positioned, but number two, because it had not rained. And I told her like, take pictures for me because I'm driving and see even stuff like that. The promise still stands. That's how I'm going to just end this podcast today. The promise still stands. Whether you're weary or not, the promise still stands. If God said it, it is so. So that's all for today's um, episode of the Purity of the Promiscuity podcast. Um, and this was Weary in the Way, Lord help. I pray you're encouraged. I pray you've been strengthened in the Lord that you are able to continue to, you know, to, to go on the journey to run your race with endurance. Amen. And so I just want to leave you with what I always say, and I mean it. Your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy.